Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Dear Sugar is supported by. The universe has good news for the lost, lonely, and heartsick. Sugar is here, the both of us, speaking straight into your ears. I'm Cheryl Strayed. I'm Steve Almond. This is Dear Sugar Radio. Oh, dear song, won't you please share some bitter sweet days with me? Hi, Steve. Hi. So this week, our theme is the weight of love. Yes. We're talking about how body weight impacts us in our romantic and sexual and love lives, mm-hmm. which I think is a question a lot of our listeners have. It's something I've thought a lot about, like most women in America. Mm-hmm. And men. And men. Okay. Fair enough. I'll also say that what happens to men and male bodies in the public eye, there's no comparison to what happens to women. Right. And there are two ways that this has been a, an interesting experience in my life. One is that I myself have been very thin and I've been overweight. When I was in high school, I starved myself skinny. I didn't eat a thing. I was teeny and I loved it. And I got a lot of positive attention for it and some negative attention. I had, you know, teachers calling me out of class, sending me to the nurse's office hmm. because they were concerned that I had anorexia. I told them I didn't. I just said that I didn't eat anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Great defense. And then as I gained in confidence and a sense of interest in other things besides being like the prettiest girl in the room, the skinniest, I yeah. gained weight. Well, you know, what's interesting about that to me, skinny and pretty are the same thing. Really? And I think that that's true for a lot of people. And so those words blend together, skinny and pretty. So... In my personal life, over the course of those kind of different sizes that I've had, Mm -hmm. first of all, I just want to note, even when I was at my high end, I was basically the size of the average American woman. And yet the feedback I got Mm -hmm. was really negative and really harsh. And because we're talking today about how weight impacts our romantic and sexual relationships, I wanted to share with our listeners you know, my experience of how that's played out in my marriage. I've been with my husband for 20 years. Mm. He's been with me through thick and thin. 
Nice. He's been with me through thick and thin. Um, he's basically had, you know, the same body weight, maybe within a 10-pound range. I have uh, really, I, if I go pound by pound, I think probably have had a 70-pound a range between my thinnest and my heaviest with him. And some of that was pregnancy. But even in those months after pregnancy, I'm still that 70 pounds. I, I really have had a kind of different body shape. Mm-hmm. And all of this while, I've been his lover. And I'm not going to say that that's never been challenging. But the coolest thing is, is it's never been challenging for him. My husband has never come to me and said, mm-hmm. I find you hotter when you're thinner. He's always said, you're beautiful. But it played out in negative ways in my own life. When I am on that thicker part of the spectrum, it's really hard for me to feel sexy, to Mm -hmm. feel desired, even though my husband is saying to me, I desire you. I think you're as beautiful as ever. Mm -hmm. And so I think so much of what we're going to talk about is the the way that, you know, the things that people say about our bodies, as we're going to read in these letters, people do say things to us about our bodies. And then also there's that relationship we have with ourselves. We're going to have Lindy West on the show today. Super sad. And she's done so much talking about this relationship she has with herself mm-hmm. as a fat woman and the way she feels about that, which runs very much counter to the ways our society talks about the female body. So this is an issue that's personal to me, like it is for so many people, so many mm-hmm. of our listeners. So I'm really looking forward to discussing these letters. Yeah. I want to get to this first letter because it's um, the male perspective on this, although very much focused on weight. But I also am reminded, as you were talking, Cheryl, of a little interaction that we had. We came to do a recording, I don't know, maybe several months ago, even a year ago. And you look great. You always look great. But um, I did notice that you looked slimmer. Uh And I didn't say anything about it because I felt that it would be insulting to say, wow, you look like you've lost some weight. Or the thing I probably should have said, which is just, you look great. But I felt that internally, by doing that, I would be implicitly or explicitly judging your body and suggesting to you that before you didn't look so great because you had a few more pounds on. And you basically said in your Cheryl way, hey, I just worked my ass off to lose 20 pounds, Almond. How about a little love? How about a little recognition? I was like, (laughs) hell yeah, girl, you look great. But do you see what I mean? Yeah. I felt that... The very idea of male, especially male judgment, being imposed on a woman's body was inherently sexist, objectifying, maybe at the edge of rude. Um, At any rate. I remember that moment. I remember. I mean, it's a funny thing because I was very flattered that you had noticed that I'd lost weight and you thought I looked good. I worked really hard to lose that weight. I was at this uncomfortable weight that I was at the high end of what, what I feel okay with. And I realized I had to change something. Right. But I also understood your conundrum. And I and I think a lot of people had that same conundrum with me yeah. uh, when I lost that weight. And at different times in my life, I've lost weight right. and I've gained weight. And um, I think men in particular, they're the most reluctant to acknowledge weight loss in a woman. And, and maybe that's as it should be, because it is such a sensitive subject. Another thing, you know, one of the, the times that I lost weight and was looking great was right after my mom died. And I lost that weight because I was grief-stricken. Right. And there's this line in Torch that I wrote, and it said, grief becomes her. And it was because so often in the darkest moments of our lives, like so many of our listeners yeah. will be nodding their heads, we're like, they have this heartbreak or this big loss or an illness, and, and they lose weight. And the people around them, especially if you're female, again, we worship at the, you know, the thin female body. Mm-hmm. Oh, you look fabulous. Well, that person might be at the darkest moment of their life. Right. And so it is a dicey prospect when— we 
talk to people about their bodies. Right. Cast any kind of judgment. Well, let's get to this first letter, uh, which begins, Dear Sugars, I am a 24-year-old college graduate in my first serious romantic relationship. My experience with girls before this was extremely limited. I've been dating my girlfriend for over six months now, and she is wonderful. However, her weight has always been a minor issue in the back of my mind. She is not fat, but she has a few extra pounds, and this can be seen more when she's wearing fewer clothes. I love her and would never ask or demand her to change just for me, but I've been thinking more and more about how her weight bothers me a little bit. I'm a very thin guy and have naturally had a preference gravitating physically towards thinner girls. Until now, I have avoided talking about the matter with my girlfriend, except in general terms about others or the few times she has brought up and engaged with me directly on the matter, such as when her doctor told her she needs to lose some weight to be healthier and she was upset, although she did not disagree. So I spoke to my therapist and my roommate, and although they're both men, they both thought that if it was something on my mind and which was making me a little uneasy, that I should bring it up with her. I did, and she did not respond with as much understanding as I hoped. She felt hurt and a little violated, like the one guy who's supposed to love and accept her and find her beautiful just the way she is was attacking a part of her identity. She was shocked confused and taken aback. She tried to explain how some issues are so sensitive, touchy, and personal for women that they should never really be brought up for the sake of the satisfaction in the relationship. In all fairness, I did bring it up a little suddenly and not in the most tactful slash direct way, but I didn't know how else to start a hard, uncomfortable conversation I was not looking forward to. She has genes that makes it easier for her to gain weight and harder to lose and has recently started going to the gym, but I was trying to support and encourage her to go more consistently. My question for you is, was I wrong for not being sensitive to how women think? Should I have let it go if I considered it a smaller issue in our relationship? Would it have made a difference if I spoke to another woman to ask her thoughts beforehand on if and how I should bring this up with my girlfriend? Did I need to? I love her, and she is very big on being honest and open and comfortable and trusting each other. Our relationship has never hinged on her weight, but I just want to come out stronger. Thanks. The question of weight. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. You know, the question of weight, you sound like such a sweet and innocent and naive young man, and I think you made a big mistake. I think that this little issue of your girlfriend's few pounds, indeed, you are the one who's supposed to love and accept her and find her beautiful just the way she is. It doesn't sound like she gained weight in the six months that you've been in relationship. I think that you very sort of naively stepped into something that has a deeper and more complicated social and cultural history. Right. You know, women are under scrutiny and enormously harmful ways when it comes to their bodies and their appearance and their weight in relation to their value uh, to men, especially in romantic relationships. And I think that honestly, if you found her to be chubbier than you want her to be, um, you maybe should have not dated her to begin with. Or you should have decided that it was worth ending this relationship with this wonderful person. I think I have a slightly different take on this, which agrees that he clearly went about this in a way that was insensitive, not just insensitive in the particular, but insensitive to the larger history of the way that women's bodies are policed and controlled and perceived and judged. 
where I'm not sure I entirely agree with you is that underneath his naivete and his bringing this up in a way that was clearly insensitive, he's saying, isn't it my job to be completely honest? And I think he's coming to us at age 24 in his first serious relationship with insecurities of his own about his body that I want to talk about in a sec, saying, aren't I supposed to say if I'm thinking about something? Isn't that what I'm supposed to do in being honest? And is there a space between absolute unconditional approval, you can never talk about this, and it's on my mind, so I have to be honest about it and figure out a way to be honest about it. And what I would suggest is that you need to think about your own body and your own feelings around weight. I'm a very thin guy and have naturally had a preference towards thinner girls. You know, I'm a thin guy, and I, at this point in my life, as I think I've told you, you in like some of our listeners, I, I like big butts. But that was a process, you know. I'm in my late 40s. When I was 24, I was involved with a woman who had a beautiful body, but I was intimidated because she was about as tall as me and she, you know, probably weighed about the same as me. And I think that's a little bit of what this guy hasn't entirely connected those two dots, that there's something in him that feels a little bit unmanned by her being large. It's not just about her body. It's about his body, too. And I want to also say, look, we are swimming in a kind of pornography of anorexic bodies. When I look at those stick models on, their, on the runway, I just see like a huge disease being paraded around in couture. But likewise, when I look at the thrall of the athletic industrial complex and the way in which the male body is fetishized and portrayed as superhuman, men, young men in particular are also under this insidious propaganda or indoctrination when it comes to their bodies. And that too is a part of what this guy hasn't realized, that his attitudes towards this woman who isn't thin, right, somehow is triggering within him a kind of self-doubt about his own body image that he hasn't quite recognized. I think he was honest about the wrong thing. I think he was honest with somebody who's fine just the way she is and whose body is actually none of his business. I think that if he were really wanting to go into the depths of what's really honest about this situation, mm -hmm. he would examine why it is, as he says, these, quote, few extra pounds have always bothered him a little bit. And I want to say, you know, I have a tone of harshness in my voice. And I want to say to you, uh, question of weight, that I believe you when you say that you had good intentions. I believe you when you say that you didn't mean to hurt your girlfriend's feelings and that you're surprised at, at how deeply you did indeed hurt for her feelings. Um, but I also think that, that I have some pretty strong feelings about what you did because, because I know how it feels to be that woman who is being told by a man, you don't meet this ideal that I've constructed, not alone, but that the culture and society has helped me construct. And even though I love you, and even though you're wonderful, and even though I don't have any complaints about you, I've decided, because I've been given that kind of privilege, mm -hmm. that I'm going to ask you to be physically perfect for me too, that you're going to meet an ideal that I hold, that I hold without any sort of uh, knowledge or examination of where the, that ideal came from. You know, I don't know what's going to happen in this relationship, mm -hmm. question of weight. I do think that uh, this is 
was hurtful to your lover and that she's probably uh, going to really sort of carry this probably into your sex life as as well. I know that um, the fact of the matter is when I'm at my heaviest and my husband tells me, you're beautiful, I still love you, I don't know if he's actually telling me the truth. He actually might find me more physically attractive when I'm at my thinner weight. Mm -hmm. And that's okay with me, that he's giving me that space to decide what my body weight should be. Yep. And he's not withholding his love and affection based on that. Okay, yep. it's not a lie to me. It's a it's a kindness, mm-hmm. and I do think that honesty is really important. I think kindness is too, and generosity. Mm-hmm. And I think that that question of weight, you know, your relationship might be sort of permanently damaged because of this. But you know, whether it is or not, I really encourage you to examine those sort of um, messages that you've received about what women should look like and and how you might. Open your mind a bit. Right. So let me say a few things, Cheryl. The first is I don't think that his letter is saying that she has to meet some ideal. I do. Okay. Well, then the ideal that it's meeting is he feels that he wants her to lose a few pounds. That's right. How could that not be an ideal? Well, because I think the way you're portraying it, he's got some platonic ideal in mind and she's got to hit that or she's unacceptable. I think it's a little bit more nuanced. But fundamentally, I think the place where I feel myself saying, wait a second, is if he honestly has this feeling, do you think it is wise advice to say, you need to shut up about it? Yep, I do. He needs to do some self-examining. But simply saying, hey, if you don't like this woman because she has a few extra pounds, shut up about it or get out of the relationship doesn't feel like a really sensitive response to uh, he's clearly crazy about her and he's got a little hang up and he's got to work his hang up out. I think that he's being incredibly insensitive. And what I think is he's got the problem. And what he has done is frame it as hers. He, he doesn't say, I have this ridiculous issue where I'm in this relationship with this amazing woman and I just can't let go of this idea that she should lose a few pounds. What is wrong with me? He's not asking us that. He's saying, so I finally worked up the nerve to tell her she's fat. And then she was hurt. Did I do the wrong thing? And I'm saying, you did. I'm sorry, but you did. Is there no middle ground there? Yeah. Because it's, it's, he's not the only person, that's right? right. There that's... is this doctor who said, you know, you could lose a few pounds. It, you'll be healthier. But again, that's not what the letter says. I would respond to this letter entirely differently if he said, one day my fabulous girlfriend and I were having dinner and she was upset because she'd just gone to the doctor and the doctor said, your weight is unhealthy, you should lose a few pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, if he wrote to us and said, how do I support her in this? How do I talk to her about this? I think that the doctor's probably right. I love her, but, you know, I'm concerned about her health. He's not saying that, Steve. Right. And, you know, I, I respect what you're saying. And I, we, as you know, and our listeners know, we so often agree. Mm-hmm. But I just feel differently here. I think that the problem is not that this woman has a few pounds or not. You know, maybe she does, but it's up to her to figure that out. She gets to have her body. She gets to decide whether it's a few pounds overweight or a few pounds underweight or just perfect. And then she gets to make a decision to do whatever she wants to with that. But, but, it's but not he plays no job. part in that? I think he plays no part in it. Okay. You say that he's not looking for a certain ideal. I think that's exactly what he's looking for. He's saying she's wonderful. However, her weight has always been a minor issue. So he wants a more ideal form. He, he wants a girlfriend who meets a certain 
physical form that is his personal ideal, which happens to echo the cultural ideal. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm asking him to do, and I say it with love in my heart to this young man, because I think it will serve him Mm -hmm. and behoove him to really examine this, Mm -hmm. is, you know, what have you absorbed, question of weight, from the culture about what women should look like? And men, right? I keep saying. You know what? Yeah, you do. But I think that I really have to say, I think that you know, men are not put through this gauntlet. The way right. But them. this is this relationship. Not. And he's saying, I'm a thin guy and I've always been drawn to thin. I'm saying he's not going to solve it entirely until he thinks not just about the pressures she's under and so forth, but his own self-concept and his own sense of masculinity. I think it's a piece of it that he needs to look at as well. OK, so we are at a deadlock here. We're going to call somebody who's really thought a lot about mm-hmm. this. I have so much respect for her. I think she's smart and hilarious. We're going to call the great Lindy West. Yes, let's do it. Hello? Lindy West? This is Lindy. Hi, this is Cheryl Strayed. Hi, how are you? Great. I'm here with Steve Almond. Hi, Lindy. Hi, Steve. Well, listen, we, Steve and I have been really discussing deeply the weight of love. I mean, you've written beautifully and and insightfully and deeply about being fat and also, oh, my God, shockingly enough, finding love. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up, I was always big. Although, you know, looking back, of course, as a teenage girl, you feel like the saddest person in the world. And when I go look at pictures of myself from high school, I'm like, oh my God, I look totally normal. <laughs> um, but, you know, you you grow up feeling like you're a monster because that's what everyone tells you. You know, if you're not this sort of slender model type, you know, I always felt like a bull in a china shop moving through the world all the time. Like I was this giant, ungainly thing. So, and then now I am, I guess, legit fat. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's just always been... That's always been part of my life, and it's always shaped the way that I perceive myself and the way that I interact with other people and the way that I allow myself to live. Like, I, I until I was about, I don't know, 26 or 27, when I really started internalizing body acceptance and thinking about what it really means, I felt like my life was on hold, you know, like, I, mm. and I and I also feel like, I mean, that comes through in this letter also, but, but like, their relationship isn't real yet until she can fix herself. And that's how I felt about myself. Like I, I needed to fix this problem that made me not a real woman and not a real human being and not worthy of the respect of, of that every other human being deserved. Like everything was on hold until I could make myself thin. Meanwhile, I'd been trying my entire life and never succeeded. And so there was just this really sort of... <laughs> just low-grade despair all the time. Like, well, I guess I'm just always going to be this thing that you're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Because the narrative that you're fed is that as a woman, your job is to be pretty and small, like small physically and small in your presence. And then you wait for someone to pick you. And I was always very aware that I didn't look like the kind of girls who got picked. And so I was sort of resigned to the fact that I would be alone. So yeah, so you were fat, you know, in those teenage and early 20s years. Were you having sex with anyone? Were you romantically involved with people? Did you find partners? Not till my early 20s. I mean, just no one liked me. <laughs> I mean, and what you learn when you grow up, when I started to shrug off these feelings, is that what you look like is 
so irrelevant compared to what you are like. You know, if, if you're confident and fun and engaged with people and you go out and, and are yourself, that's extremely attractive. And that proved true for me. I mean, people can tell me that I'm lying, but like I totally had sex with people <laughs> in my twenties. Once I learned how to just own my body and, and, and be myself. But I also, you know, until I, until I really got where I am now in this journey, like until my late twenties, I, I definitely let myself stay in bad relationships for way longer than any human being should. Because I still had this lingering feeling like, well, this might be my only chance. This might just be a fluke. Maybe no one else will ever like me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thin women feel that way, too, Lindy. Right. I mean, I know that yours was connected to your body image. But honestly, we get so many letters. Thin women feel that way, too. Yeah. I mean, well, of course. And because all women are taught that womanhood is a competition and that your life's goal should be to find someone to love you. But I mean, really... Our entire culture is obsessed with the idea that fat is the worst thing that a woman can be. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think? Yeah, I absolutely think that. That affects thin women, too. Yeah. Well, thin women think they're fat. Exactly. But, you know, when you're a fat woman and you're trying to date, it's pretty much impossible to not blame every failure on your failure to be thin. You know? Mm-hmm. But you did find love. You're married now. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I was in a a pretty dismal relationship for about two years where, you know, he wouldn't hold my hand in public. He told me that, you know, he was embarrassed for his friends to know that we were together. And I just stayed, Mm. you know, I just stayed for so long. And then all of a sudden, I don't know exactly what happened. It was like I just reached a boiling point where I couldn't deal with this shit anymore. And that same day, I like hooked up with the guy who's now my husband who I'd been friends with for years. And just all of a sudden we were hanging out and we were like, Oh, I love you (laughs) basically. And then we were never apart. Um, And he's a really interesting, smart guy. He's been divorced twice and is the same age as me. So 33, (laughs) he he used to tell a joke, which was um, when he was 27, he was like, I'm 27, and I've been divorced twice, which is really bad. If you want to know how bad that is, that's like being 13 and a half and divorced once (laughs) times two. Um, So, you know, I know that it also took him a while to figure out who he wanted to be with and what was important to him in a relationship. And he's very conventionally attractive. And that was an issue in our relationship for a while, too, where I was like, why do you want to be with me? When are you going to leave me an upgrade? Like, I, I don't understand why you're doing this. Hmm. Um, and, you know, my life is so bizarre now, too, with my job, where I have so many internet trolls who hate me. There are, like, whole message boards where dudes have found old pictures of my husband's ex-wife on MySpace, and they, like, post her picture and compare it to my picture. They're like, why would he do this? <laughs> like, wow. why would he downgrade like this? You know, because she was, like, thin and eventually attractive. And he's also, like, a musician. He's, like, a hot musician. Like, women will come up to him and be like, oh, I'm a big fan of your wife, and then try to sleep with him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so crazy. It's a crazy come online. women are indoctrinated into this thing, too, where women are like, oh, I'm better than her. Right. I could have this person, and he would be grateful. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. I think women are a piece of this. Certainly, 
I've had women sort of view me as not competition at times that I've been heavier on my sort of personal body weight spectrum. And I notice the shift in that when I'm on my thinner end of the spectrum, that there's this kind of weird thing that women do to each other, uh, discount or approve of each other based on body weight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I've always felt this very intensely that there are certain women who pretty clearly look at me and assess me physically and think, oh, I could take him from her. First of all, he's not a thing that I own. But also, no, we have a real relationship where we like each other and we want to be married. I mean, it's always just so bizarre to me that people think this way. But I I was supposed to talk about my wedding. So he proposed on my birthday, my 32nd birthday, so like a year and a half ago. And... um, it was a, a big public proposal, which I didn't expect because that's not really how we are. Um, we're kind of weird private hermits, but he threw a surprise party at our favorite bar and I showed up and everyone we know was there and I didn't understand what was going on. And then all of a sudden he was proposing and it was very adorable and I cried and cried. But um, later I was like, why did you do it like that? <laughs> like, why did you do that big, like grand gesture thing? And he was like, because like a year ago, you got drunk and you were like, if you ever proposed to me, I deserve a big public spectacle because that's how dudes propose to thin girls. Like, Aww. it's something that they want to show off. Right. And I, it's not even something that I really wanted, but it was like the principle of the thing mm-hmm. that people treat relationships with fat women like it's a secret. And like, we're a work in progress and the relationships will be a real relationship when we become thin. And I was like, no, I need you to propose in a way that's like, you're bragging that you get to marry me. Right. So that was very adorable. No, I think it's beautiful. (laughs) And then I did the same thing with our wedding. You know, we we got married. We had a ostentatious wedding. I wore a crazy dress and, you know, it was big and loud and, and really, really, really fun. And then I wrote a big political article about it. And, you know, that was very deliberate. I was like, I really, really want myself as a 15 year old to see this and because I never thought that that would be possible for me. Right. And there's something I want you to tell us. There's something really important that you didn't do for your wedding that I I hardly know a bride who didn't do this before her wedding. What didn't you do before your wedding, (laughs) Lindy West? I did not diet before my You did not diet before your wedding. (laughs) I did not. No, I did not. (laughs) Well, I feel like Lindy offered some really interesting perspectives and words to the fellow who is having a little uh, problem here with his girlfriend. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move so on. let's move on to another relationship. Lindy, I'm going to read the letter. Will you stay on the line and listen and talk to us about this? Yeah, definitely. Great. Dear Sugars, my husband and I got married four years ago. I was 28 and he was 31. It was the happiest day of our lives. We celebrated till four in the morning, surrounded by our friends and family. We were excited for the future, happy in our relationship, and ready to give marriage a go. 
we were also both extremely overweight. After marrying my husband, let's call him Dylan, I began feeling motivated to make positive changes in my life. I changed my eating habits, started moving more, found a love for yoga, and decided to become a yoga teacher. I lost 100 pounds. Dylan was supportive and encouraging the whole way through. He would cook me healthy dinners, celebrate my weekly weight losses, whether one pound or five, and he was my number one cheerleader throughout my year of yoga teacher training. He never left my side. He's the epitome of unconditional love. What they don't tell you about weight loss is that after you lose a large amount of weight, an entire new world opens up for you. For the first time in 10 years, I'm able to ride roller coasters. I can zip line, rock climb, kayak, and paddleboard without having to check weight restrictions first. I discovered hiking and found that nature makes me feel alive. I want to hike every national forest. I feel like a teenager again, sugars. There's nothing that I can't do. The world is mine for the taking, and I want to see it all. Dylan is ready to settle down. He wants to start a family. He wants to buy a house. He wants a garden and a yard for our dog. And he wants to host Thanksgiving at our house with both of our families present. We will work our nine-to-five jobs and come home to dinner every night and raise our children. Those things sound lovely to me, sugars. But while they're what I wanted before, they're not even close to what I want now. I want to travel. I want to experience. I want to try new things. He's willing to compromise with vacations and weekends of travel here and there, but I want more. I want a grand adventure. The, quote, next chapter for us couldn't look more different. I've changed so much while he stayed the same. I'm not even sure that I want children anymore. So what now? I love this man. But I worry that if I'd been this person four years ago, I wouldn't have gotten married. I feel like he's holding me back. I feel like I have a ball and chain. I feel selfish, I feel inspired, I feel like a jerk, I feel strong and confident and capable. I feel like I'm ruining my marriage, Mm. like a terrible wife, but I feel amazing. I can't imagine my life without Dylan, but at the same time, I don't want to live with regrets. Signed, Lost in Love. Mm. What do you think, Steve? Well, I'm not sure how much this has to do with you know, weight. Mm-hmm. It seems to me to have to do with somebody who has gone through a radical shift in her, what she wants out of life. I'm not saying weight is an irrelevant issue, but it seems much more fundamentally that she just wants to follow a different map. Yeah. Plenty of fat people go hiking. Right. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about that a little bit because it's actually pretty fascinating because I had a similar first response, Steve, which was, I thought, okay, you could, you know, just swap out this weight loss and, you know, fill in the blank with any number of other things. She says that a new world opened up for her. Mm -hmm. But that new world opened up because she went from being a fat person to somebody who was not fat, right? Mm -hmm. So, Lindy, I mean, do you know, what is she talking about when she says the new world opens up? Yes, fat people go hiking and do all of these things that she named. But is there any piece of this that you can speak to from the body weight perspective? Well, sure. I mean, I totally know what she means. I mean, I, especially when I was younger, really limited myself and I let my world shrink. You know, I, I felt like I was too big to go swimming and to go, you know, to go on a roller coaster and to go in a canoe. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely, I definitely know exactly what she means. However, I think that the answer here would be the same, even if the weight loss angle was taken out completely. Right. You know, I mean, because what I know now is, you know, now I, I can go hiking. I can do anything that I want. 
I mean, obviously certain things have physical weight restrictions, I suppose. I'm not going to like ride a miniature horse or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, what, I don't know what, what a good example. I think both Steve and I are also beyond the weight limits of a miniature think, horse. Yeah. I'm sad to say. I, I, I surpassed that maybe, at probably about not the best. I think about it every day. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, I think a lot of that is, is again, social conditioning where we tell fat people, you know, first of all, you're unsightly. No one wants to see you outside. You're not capable. You're not going to be able to keep up. You're lazy. You're lazy. I mean, when you tell someone they're lazy their whole life, they start to believe it. I see what she means, but I also think, you know, kind of the subtext here is, well, my husband is still fat. Well, okay, but also, you know, he, it's, he doesn't want kids because he's fat. Right. He wants kids because he wants kids. Right. Really, it's kind of she's regressing. It's almost like losing all this weight gives her a mulligan, and she gets to relive her life again straight from being a teenager. She Mm -hmm. says outright, I want to be a teenager. I want to travel. I want to try new things. I want to have a new experience. It could be that she could have said, I went to college and felt that a world was opened up to me that I didn't think was available to me. It happens that the agent of change here is weight loss, but I don't think it's really germane. She fundamentally is trying to relive her life, but this time she doesn't want her husband in the, the, the map that he has drawn. Right. right. Which, well, and at the same time that she loves yeah. him. One thing that's really interesting to me about the letter, we're, we're really focused on what's happened now that she's lost the weight and how she feels in response to that. But let's go back in time. I, I was thinking about something that, Lindy, you said earlier in our conversation when we were discussing the last letter, and that is your your relationships in your 20s before you met the man who's now your husband. You often sort of settled, you felt like you stayed in relationships longer than you should have, and it was because of being ashamed about being fat. And, you know, I think that it sounds like Lost in Love, you know, really legitimately loves her husband, and she married him because she loved him. But I also wonder if a piece of this is she's looking back and saying, okay, the fat me, who was ashamed of that, Mm -hmm. married him, and, and, and married him out of that place of like, this is as good as it's going to get. And now the new me, the, the thinner me, is saying, ooh, maybe maybe I can do better than this. Maybe it's a kind of uh, different kind of version of what another thing that Lindy said is this sort of upgrading. And she doesn't mention, you know, wanting other men or what, but she is saying, yeah. if I could go back in time now, I think I wouldn't have made this and decision to marry. And he's a ball and chain. Yeah, he's a ball and chain, all that. It's just, I mean, we're saying this isn't about weight, and yet it may be the whole thing really is about why they even got married to begin with. Well, can I say, if you want to talk about gender, like how gender is relevant here and how it was relevant in the first letter, it's kind of a parallel situation where you have, it's a letter from a thin partner of a fat partner. And I think it's really interesting that not once does she mention wanting her husband to change, wanting his body to change so that he can come with her. (laughs) Like there's no sense of, you know, I have control over his body and he needs to to change it to accommodate me in my life. I, I just thought that was a really interesting yeah. um, interesting contrast. It's really a fascinating kind of dichotomy that she set up. As you said, Lindy, you know, that she sounds like somebody who's who allowed her body weight to make her world smaller than it should have been. And now, interestingly, she's like, now I want to have this gigantic yeah. life. There's nothing I can't do. There's nothing. And, yeah. and she's so clear about this feeling of being held back. I mean, on one hand, it sounds to me, lost in love, that you're a woman who you know what you want to do and you are very passionate about it. As I read this letter, I'm like, wow, this is just full of definitive statements. I want, I feel. There aren't a lot of question marks in this letter. There are a lot of exclamation points. And 
I tend to be somebody who says trust that. But I also feel hesitant because I do think that you have just gone through this big change and you woke up to a world that you had denied yourself, I think, for really unfortunate reasons before. Mm -hmm. And so what about, you know, thinking about marrying these two selves, the fat self and the thinner self, the love that you do have for your husband, the thing that brought you to marry Dylan and maybe the life that you've mapped out together, how might you revise that? You know, it's, it's everything is like black or white, this or that. And I feel worried reading this letter. Yeah. We could say clearly, like, if you want to at least consider the possibility of remaining married to Dylan, then obviously you have to talk with him. And it sounds like the issues and differences in your priorities and your agenda and what you want and even what you really deep down inwardly feel towards him are complicated and conflicted enough that you should be in counseling or individual therapy. But since he's also involved here, I mean, it's not, not clear exactly how much he knows about how she's feeling and how her agenda has changed. He's unconditionally supportive, but he also, I don't think she said to him, sometimes I feel like you're my ball and chain mm. and I just want to get away and have a big life and you're an anchor. And that's a heavy stuff yeah. to carry around. And you're not going to be successful in the marriage or even moving out of the marriage until you settle up and are honest with him. This final paragraph of the letter I find very fascinating. She says, I love this man, but I worry that if I'd been this person four years ago, I wouldn't have gotten married. And so this is interesting, this idea that like you lose weight and then you're a different person, I think is false. And yet I think lost in love feels like it's true. She feels like she's a different person. She's, you know, reporting that to us. Now, she did age from 28 to 32. In many of our lives, those are big years of growth and transformation. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's yeah. not so unusual that you change and grow. And But yeah. I, I remember many, many years ago, I worked with a woman. I was a waitress at this place in Minneapolis. And I worked with a woman who, over the course of maybe the year that uh, we were employed together, she was just a casual acquaintance, but she lost like 100 pounds. And it seemed like she was a different person. You know, she went from being this kind of shy, reserved, very quiet, you know, keep to herself kind of woman to suddenly, you know, she'd show up in these like incredibly tight dresses with like, you know, very revealing and high heels. And she was like, you know, all but dancing on the tables and ripping off her dress, you know. And I never forgot her. I don't even remember her name, but I, I remember watching this not just physical transformation happen, but th the way she presented herself to the world. And I ran into her years later, and she hadn't gained back all the weight, but she'd gained back enough of it. And she was like back to sort of being that first person I met. Hmm. And I remembered it as thinking it was almost like this, the way we have sort of a midlife crisis sometimes, where suddenly for a, a short period of time, somebody's having this crisis of consciousness and isn't behaving like him or herself. Mm -hmm. And I do wonder about lost in love, maybe, you know, obviously pursue those dreams, go travel, do this stuff. But I'm a little careful yeah. and nervous about this. Maybe this is this strange era right. where you feel like you're out of the box that really um, was both of your own making and also that the culture very much defines for fat women. You sprung free of that box and you get to feel like what it's like to be somebody who isn't, you know, as Lindy said, we have all of these negative stories we tell fat women. And she finally was sprung free of that. And and I just think that maybe she should be very careful as she proceeds with making too many decisions based on this moment of her life. Yeah, well, think about what's at stake. 
you know. A lot. Her husband sounds like an incredible sweetheart and, you know, the epitome of unconditional love. And the things that he wants and he thought that she wanted are quite beautiful. And she says she still loves him. That, to me, is yeah. the really important thing. It, yeah. If she's saying, Look, listen, I'm, I'm out of love, that would be a different question. Yeah. And we'll take her at her word. She loves him. So you got to be honest with the person you love yeah. Yeah. when things have changed this dramatically. And I agree, uh, Cheryl, that th- there is a kind of manic aspect mm-hmm. to, to the way that she presents this. She's in a, a moment of real transition. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's got to let him know. Um, you know, the things have changed so tumultuously, whatever the backstory of it is, which is absolutely relevant. Um, but it, it, it really could be some other change agent. What's clear is that her map has dramatically changed. And his is he's, – he's still thinking they're working towards those Thanksgiving dinners, mm-hmm. right, with the family and the kids. The other thing is that the way that our culture's weight loss narrative works, what they sell us is that weight loss is this magic ticket to – a perfect life right. and to all your problems going away. And that's, right. and if you read literature about people who've undergone, you know, really, you know, drastic weight loss, what you hear over and over is people saying, I discovered when I became thin that I had all the same emotional problems that I had had when I was fat. Mm-hmm. I had all the same self-esteem problems, you know, all the same confidence problems. And it's not magic. You know, you still have to also do all of this work on yourself emotionally and psychologically. So, you know, it seems like she's in this really, really electric moment, and it might be a good idea to, yeah, take it a little bit slow and, and assess where she is and if she has realistic expectations about what being smaller is going to do for her life and her problems more broadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah. taking the time to talk to us. Lindy, I think that you offered such interesting and important insight. Me too. Thank you so much. I, I had a great time. It was it was fun. Well, we loved having you on. Thank you. It was great. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So it's notable to me that neither one of these letters says, you know, I no longer find my partner attractive. In the first letter, he's like, it's always bothered me. But, you know, as I noted earlier, we don't note that that has had any impact on their sex life. He fell in love with her at that weight. This other letter, the opposite is true. She's a very different weight than she was when she fell in love with her husband, who's stayed basically the same. But, I mean, she doesn't seem to have any problem with that. She doesn't make any comment on his body or a negative note about their sex life based on that. The more I moved through my 20s and 30s, the more it became totally apparent to me that what is a turn-on and what is sexy is when my partner feels good about herself and her body, period. I think maybe when I was younger, my feelings about it and my hang-ups, as with our first letter writer, were a bigger part of that. But the the older I get, the more I realize, no, 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 it has almost entirely to do with how somebody feels about themselves. I feel that strongly, that the, the sort of, the further you move through life, the more you realize it's really about how people feel within their own bodies and their own sexuality. That's 99% of it. Yeah. I wrote about my friend Karen Carbo telling me this story once about her uh, longtime boyfriend saying that the, the kind of woman he liked in bed is uh, one that's naked and smiling. Yes, I know. <laughs> that's that, and that I think that pretty much describes. You know, in, in the end, what most of us really—it's all we can ask for—is somebody who's willing to be vulnerable with us and happy about it. Mm-hmm. So all of you lovers, large and small, fat, thin, (laughs) medium, size, whatever, we wish you luck. 
Dear Sugar Radio is produced by WBUR in Boston. We're produced and edited by Lisa Tobin. We're recording in Portland, Oregon. Our engineer is Josh Millman of Talkback Sound and Visual. Our theme music is by the Portland band Wonderly. Please listen and subscribe on iTunes. And if you like the show, please consider leaving a review, an iTunes review. Those are very helpful. And please, most of all, most importantly, write to us at dearsugarradio at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Dear Sugar Radio. 